it's kind of the ideal fit for somebody who is a high income earner that their time is better spent actually doing their job, job right job. you know like you guys talk about this too like you gotta have a way of making money you gotta mm -hmm. have a way of investing money mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. if you're good at making money like leverage the experts and let them be the stewards of the dollar because this is what they do right 80 hours a week right we all know this is not a 40 hour a week job mm -hmm. as a real estate investor. it's not for me anyways. right certainly not for the operators that i work with so like find going back to that initial point do the due diligence right bet on the jockey and trust that they trust but verify mm -hmm. that they're going to be good stewards of your money you're listening to the azria show if you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust you've found it Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Azria Show. I am your host, Marcus Maloney, and we have our co-host and executive director, Mike Delpreet. Hello, hello. Hey, and we're here as the Azria Show and like Azria, we want to empower investors one property at a time. And today we have our very special guest, Randy Smith with Impact Equity LLC. And we're going to be talking about that transition going from uh, corporate to entrepreneurship. And we're going to be talking about capital raising and syndication. So we got a little bit for everybody on today. So how are you doing today, Randy? I, I am doing fantastic. Super excited to be here. Love Azria and anything to support you guys. So yeah, thank thanks you. for having me. Thank you, thank yeah, you, thank you. So jumping in, how long were you a corporate guy? Gosh, I was in corporate America for about 25 years. Uh, I spent the last 21 years across two different companies. So large portion was spent with two, two Fortune 100 or 200 companies there. Okay, so, yeah. okay. Yeah. So you were on a, on a traditional track, go and work 30 years, have your pension well you have your your 401 401k yep. and live the good life get the gold watch retire on the beach and everything like that right that that was the dream that they tell everybody yes invest into the 401k which i think is just a total sham we don't we don't have to get into that here uh -huh. but yeah you, you start looking at the clock and doing those calculations and you figure out pretty quickly that the calculations in the 401k map tell you that you are not retiring not gonna anytime soon yep so Inevitably, you'd be there till 65, 67 uh, okay. to have any type of retirement. What's so. the, the, it's like over the lifetime of a 401k, it's like 70% go towards fees. Do you ever hear that stat or something close to that? Yeah, or? I don't know what the exact number is, but if you factor in one plus percent, it dilutes those returns pretty significantly. And if you see, they, there's some very specific calculations that show average returns in the 7% range. But that doesn't factor in the one, one and a half percent. It actually brings it up below like 4%. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. If you look at average 401k returns over any amount of time. And there you go. Yeah. So you can always get a better return managing your own money as long as you have wisdom. To do education. So. Yeah, yeah. And education. Yeah. And that's what we provide here. So, so tell me, Randy, when that light switch finally went off, yeah. what did you think? What was, what was your next step? Was it, oh crap, you know what? I'm not going to retire until I'm 70 something. Yeah. You know, what did you say? What, what was the next thing you had to do? Yeah. So mine, mine was kind of unique. I mentioned I was with, I was with two companies for about 10 years each. And I ended up getting laid off of that first 10 year career. And I had, I had a little bit of 401k, still had some bills like we all do, credit card debt, house debt, all of that other mm-hmm. stuff. And I did get a severance, thank goodness, because I'd been there for so long. But every day that that severance ticked by, it got scarier and scarier because right. if, if I didn't have a job before the severance was gone, I didn't know what we're going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So fortunately I landed at a, a great organization and actually ended up making more money in that next role than mm-hmm. I ever imagined I would make. But about halfway through that second 10 year, it kind of dawned on me, like I'm heading down the same path. And while it looks really good, I need to do something different. Otherwise, mm-hmm. with right. some foreshadowing, ultimately I ended up getting laid off after 10 years yet again. Oh, wow. I think, you know, I started going to Azria mm-hmm. probably six, seven years ago. Okay. And uh, it was under different leadership mm-hmm. and kind of a different environment. It was down at Celebrity Theater. Celebrity mm-hmm. Theater. Yeah, yeah. Very different than what, what you guys are doing today. And that really helped me jump into real estate investing one house at a time. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what was that? What was that foray? What was your foray into real estate? You know, was it a rental? Was it a fix and flip kind of? Yeah. What was that first thing? Yeah. So I, my very first real estate investment after my primary residence was a turnkey rental in Kansas city. Okay. And I heard, I heard an operator, turnkey operator on Mm -hmm. a podcast that I'd listened to for years. And I've been sitting on the sidelines for years and finally went home all excited, told the wife, we're doing it. We're mm-hmm. buying these and we're buying houses in Kansas city, honey. And what was her response? She, she was not as excited about it as I was, I will say, but I wore down and we ended up buying those first couple of properties there. So okay. that's a good point though, for, especially you guys have your nine to fives, you're working, everything's stable and moving forward. And we always mention that in the launch pad session where it's just like, we're doing our business planning yeah. for real estate investors. And it's like, you got it. We, even if your wife's not or husband, spouse, whatever it is, not in the class with you, or not actually doing the daily activities, they should understand what you're doing. Absolutely. Because if, if your spouse isn't supporting you in this business, it's not it's not going to work. It's, it's interesting you say that, too, because I like everybody or maybe not everybody, but a lot of folks, I read The Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. And that was I was a sales guy. So I was driving around listening to books and podcasts. And that was when I listened to that really got me excited. And I actually had my wife listen to it. And Good. she was gracious enough to say, I'm not really interested in this, but I'll take four or five hours and listen to the book on, or read it, whatever there it is. is. That's it. And that kind of planted the seed in her as well, that maybe this could be a way, mm-hmm. my catchphrase is decreasing our dependence on our W-2 income. Yep. And uh, yeah, as, as luck would have it, that worked. So Okay. So the turnkey model. And I can understand why, because it was like completely hands off, yep. just pay the money and they collect everything and then you get a distribution check really every month. Sure. So that was working excellent, right? In theory, that sounds fantastic. Like even, <laughs> even today, that sounds Were so Were you invested, Marcus? Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. You just cut a check for the down payment and next thing the mailbox. Yeah. Passive income. Not right. my experience yeah. at all. Okay. Yeah, it was anything but passive 
gosh, we're buying $100,000 houses in Kansas City that are getting $1,200 a month rent, which mm -hmm. 1% rule, it, yep. it's going it to work, right? right? Yeah. Well, I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't do the due diligence I should have done. I threw too much money at it too fast. Okay. And we had a roof replacement at like month one. We had like a $4,000 like plumbing issue where they had to excavate the outside of the house. And we mm. had... They, they have basements in Kansas City. Yep. I didn't know. What's I didn't even know what that was. Right? Like yeah. in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like... And it was like month after month, five, eight thousand dollar bills come in for this plumbing issue. And it was a nightmare. Let's and just touch on that really yeah. quick because and you said turnkey. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, like, yeah. what's going on here? So yeah. So not every turnkey operator is equal. So you had we always say you must do your due diligence yeah. on the even the turnkey provider. Sounds great. I just invest into the project. It's already remodeled, but you don't know what's behind that that sheetrock or yep. the, that new yeah. cabinets they put up. Mm, you don't yeah. know if they did the plumbing like you said. Right. Right. So inspection period or your home inspections even on a turnkey. Absolutely. Very and important. you need to do that, especially when you're going into those cold weather climates when you're yeah. north of the Mason Dixon line. Is that north of the Mason Dixon line? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I think it is good. north. Yeah. No one's so, going to check Marcus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even know where that is. It's going to be Instagram comments. I can see it there. Let me Google it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's up there. It, it gets cold below zero. Yes. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, and you have expanding and contracting soil. You have to deal with cracks in the foundation, stuff like that. So, and that's where a lot of. And I don't want to say turnkey operators are doing this intentionally, but they know people from California, Florida, Arizona, they're looking for a return yep. on their money. And, and the Midwest is normally a solid hedge for recession, inflation, everything like that. So they get a lot of money from West Coast, East Coast, Southern areas to go into these areas. So yeah. not to say that it was just you, Randy. No, I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't. Sure yeah. You know, out of state investing is great and it's definitely possible, uh, mm -hmm. but just be careful. Not all states are created equal. They're, just because it's a red state, that doesn't mean it's totally landlord friendly like Arizona, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. So. Well, and, and I will say there were, there were a number of lessons in that process. So through the onboarding process or buying that, he offered the ability for me to have an inspection on. And he said, now we've done our own inspection, but if you want to spend the three to $500 yourself, by all means. And, mm -hmm. you know, in my mind, I'm like, Hey, he seems like a trustworthy guy. I'll mm -hmm. take a look at his inspection, inspection right. and trust that. And we would have clearly found the issues in the, the plumbing issues. Definitely. We definitely would have found the issues with the, the, the roof, roof had yeah. we spent the three to 500 bucks. So the lesson is definitely hire your own third party Right. folks to take a look at these assets and generally they'll give you a checklist of here's the eight or 10 things that you need mm -hmm. to get resolved before you buy it. And I could have avoided all of that. So, okay. Love yeah. it. So thank you for sharing that 10, $12,000 mistake with us. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Well, no, but it's so important. It absolutely is. Sometimes you got to learn that way yeah. in order not to do it again. I will you know, always you know. get an inspection on every yeah. deal yep. I ever yeah. buy yeah. moving forward. So, and it's in hindsight though, like even though all of those issues happened and I poured a ton of money into those assets, real estate's so forgiving. After I sold those in 2022, we ended up making a bunch of money on them anyway. Yep. So while the cash flow wasn't there, the appreciation was such that we did very well on those investments. So Oh, you got lucky. I did. I did. <laughs> we had a market that was working yeah, in our yeah. favor, well, definitely. Let's so. also talk about the part for the people listening that are in their job and they're trying to do that move that you just did. So that gotta yeah. be stressful on your family. Like, hey, 
honey, you just got me in. I read the book. The book didn't say this part. Yeah. (laughs) So so how'd that work? How'd you just, I don't know, just how'd that work out? Yeah, no, definitely. There was a constant, I won't say struggle, but there was certainly friction when when real estate came up, when I, mm-hmm. I joke with my investors today, like, I don't want to be a bad name in anybody's household. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and, for sure. and this person I bought from was a bad name in my household. Mm-hmm. Whenever his name came up, it was bad. Mm-hmm. So we certainly had some tense conversations when we invested 50 grand in yeah. two assets, 25% mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. And when that $8,000 bill shows up, the look on the wife, yeah. it was tense. And like, that's not coming out of, not many people just have eight or 10 grand right, just sitting right. around. Right. Yeah. So we had to get creative and we had mm-hmm. to tighten the belt and do all yeah. the things you do, you know, to, good, to play stuff, in the space. Man. So what was your steps in vetting that operator? So, and, and ultimately that's the biggest issue is yep. that the due diligence process was not there. I made the mistake of assuming that since this guy was on a podcast mm. of a podcast that I'd listened to for years, I assumed that they would not put somebody on there that they hadn't vetted. Even though every episode they say, we do not put our stamp on any of these folks. Please do your own mm-hmm. due diligence, right? But I assumed by affiliation right. that these, these guys were solid. The next big error was not getting my own um, piece. And I never flew out to the properties either. I, okay. I like to see assets that I buy today. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to do that. But just out of my experience, I like to put my eyes and on them and, and walk around. Oh. I'm going to go walk a property as soon as we're done here. Those were the two big things. I think one other thing that was kind of interesting is you hear everybody say like, ask for referrals. Well, I asked for referrals, but if you ask anybody for referrals, what type of referrals do you think they're going to openly give you? The best ones. Of course. (laughs) My buddy, Johnny, who's invested with me for 20 years, maybe has, maybe hasn't, Mm -hmm. but he will say that, right? Right. So I talked to some prior investors, but I don't know. Like it's better to get a third party or get a referral from a referral Mm -hmm. on that type of due diligence process. And that's what True. I do today. I I don't invest with anybody unless I know somebody that has and has had a very good experience with them. Excellent. So, Excellent. Yeah. So, so that was the first property. So let's keep moving forward. So sure. what else? You bought so a few we, more properties? We bought two back to back in okay. Kansas City. And then all the issues started happening. And we, like, I like the idea of long-term rentals, get rich over time, not get rich overnight. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have more control in that renovation process. So we started doing the Burr strategy. Okay. And we actually ended up following some some direction by a guy named Neil Bawa mm-hmm. on how to select mm-hmm. markets. And we ended up buying in Atlanta. And okay. we bought within the perimeter of Atlanta. So it's, you know, these are class C neighborhoods, maybe even class C mm-hmm. minus neighborhoods. And we ended up buying a handful of properties within the perimeter, renovating them way over the quality of where we should have renovated them okay. because we watched way too much HTV, right? Mm-hmm. But we did really well on those. And that was that was a fun experience. We, I think we ended up buying, we bought, what, three or four more in Atlanta. We had one that we bought where, again, I, I didn't take the same direction I'm giving people, but mm-hmm. we bought an asset that the guy said, get a foundation guy out there. We trusted our realtor. He said we didn't need one. We mm. needed a foundation guy. It ended up being a teardown. Um, oh, wow. We sold it to somebody who wanted to do a teardown. But all in all, we ended up, I think we had five or six at one point. Okay. And we did some full gut rehabs. We did the true Burr strategy yeah. by, you know, mm. renovate, refinance, or rent, refinance, repeat. And I love that model. We made yep. a lot of capital doing that model. 
But then the market just exploded and we couldn't mm-hmm. find any more houses. No more deals. And I wanted to go bigger faster because that's just the type of guy okay. I am, mm-hmm. right? So awesome. we started looking at multifamily. Yeah. Okay. So you speak of Neil Bauer, a uh, great guy when it comes to st- statistics and yeah. everything like that yeah. and demographics on certain, certain regions. And he really hones in on that Southeast area. So, okay, get it, get it. So guys, I think everything Randy is saying is do your homework, right? Yeah. Yeah. Trust, homework, yeah. but verify, verify the operator, verify the property, mm-hmm. verify your realtor, verify your contractor, everything, everything like that. So don't be afraid of out-of-state investing. What Randy is saying is you just got to make sure you're, don't just glance over some of the things that you may think are small things. Yep, absolutely. Awesome, man. So then one day, tell us, tell us how you got laid off. How was how that? I got laid off? Was um, it like a office thing? Was it a letter or was it like? Yeah. Yeah. So the layoff day, we, we kind of, we heard the rumblings. We knew something uh-huh. was coming. Mm-hmm. I actually, I thought I was going to be safe. I had been a top mm-hmm. performer. Yeah. 10 I years. I won a president's club award, you know, and. Mm-hmm. So your sales were on point. Sales were on point. Yeah. We were crushing it. I was, I was training people anyway. So yeah, yeah I, I thought I was going to make it through and the, the rumbling start that morning you hear. Phone calls are happening on the East Coast. We're here in, in right, Phoenix, right? right? So, so you got people delayed. are getting laid, but you're just like waiting for the phone to ring. And and sure enough, I got the invite from the vice president saying, hey, we need to chat. And it, it was actually about two and a half hours before the call. Mm. And I actually, I actually took that opportunity. I'm not tooting my own horn, but I kind of got my things in order to pass things off to my teammates because I wanted to leave on good grounds. All my active opportunity, because I was a sales guy. I'm like, there's some hot deals here. Go after right. these guys. And the phone phone call occurred and it's Randy. Unfortunately, we got to let you go. And like, it was all of a two minute conversation. Yeah. And once again, there's a severance coming because I'd been there 10 years, almost 11 years. And fortunately though, through my decisions in real estate, like a very large portion of our monthly expenses were covered by passive income. So right. while my peers were freaking out and mm-hmm. like, People were like hysterical. Like, what do you, like some people yeah. in their 20 years freaking out. What are we going to do? How are we, people are very, very angry, but like, how could you possibly? You had a very eloquent answer. Like you're prepared for your next person, but everyone else, I was asking if you did that, that in the movie, the Dave Chappelle movie with the cheeseburgers. He's are slipping yeah. everybody off and he's like, yeah, if you, if you, he's kicked down the TV. <laughs> I, none of that. None of that. No, no I go. honestly, to this day, like, like those 10 years I spent at that company were amazing. Yeah. Right. Like it, 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 it gave us the financial foundation to be able to invest in real estate. I, I, I loved almost every single it moment I spent in that. It, yeah. it, 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 yeah. Like we're set for life. Yeah. Essentially, right. right. And I'm super grateful for the time that I spent there and grateful that you know, we had the intuition to think that we needed to do mm-hmm. something else as well. So, so yeah, I think re- like real estate is like it, it gave up my family, the financial freedom that very few people that I know have. So, so, so what, what I'm hearing and what's, what's good is even though you had those mistakes and those setbacks and everything like that with the Kansas city properties and the Georgia properties, it still left you in a good position when you got that phone call yep. to let you go. So Absolutely. like you said, real estate is very, very forgiving, but you have to jump in and get started. And because you did that, Randy, it, you hedged mm-hmm. yourself right now into what yep. you're doing. Absolutely. You have the, the more streams of income you have coming into your life, the yep. more financially healthy you are. Yep. Absolutely. So, and that worked out. So, 
When I would say there, there's one other element we didn't talk about here today is we were, my wife and I were like due diligence or huge Dave Ramsey fans. Okay. Okay. So okay. We, we lived yeah, I love that. very, very frugally. Frugal. We, we are crazy. Like we paid everything off, right? Okay. Like we were getting, we, we knew that it couldn't go on as good as it was going right, on forever. Right. So like to this day, we still live, we, we like nice things, but we live frugally and we live within our means, which seems to be the rare occasion right but it's something that i try to teach my daughter and and those around me as well like i think real estate is a great way to get wealthy over time but you still have to be smart with your money right and if you're coming into anything desperate to make money that's not going to work out well and and you teed me up because i'm glad you said dave rans because in real estate especially online people make fun of dave ramsey oh he's stupid whatever it is so my theory on that is he's brilliant Obviously, yeah. he's proved it, and it's marketing 101. He's talking to a demographic of mm-hmm. people, Yep. right? He's not talking to everybody. He's not talking to real estate investors, flipping multifamily. He's talking to people that have a money problem or financial education. Exactly. I see those people come into the RIA, you know, skipping that Dave Ramsey level, and would you want that person raising millions of dollars right. or hundreds of thousands of dollars and going and buying properties out of state and not know how to budget a checkbook? Well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, so yeah. so I, if wherever you're at, I think I heard this before, it was Susie Orman, right? Oh. If you know nothing, you just got terrible habits, listen to Susie Orman, yep. right? She'll mm-hmm. yell at you, don't buy that candy. <laughs> right. And then if you want to get the next step up would be Dave Ramsey, where you're getting yep. your stuff in order, you're paying off your debt, everything's free and clear, you got a control over your money and, yep. and a sound mm-hmm. mindset. And if you want to get rich, listen to Robert Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. Join Ezra. Join Ezra, there you go. <laughs> like that. You get what I'm saying? So there's I levels yeah, to it, absolutely. right? So yeah. Dave Ramsey's good. So if you don't know how the basics of financial literacy, come to our FIRE group here with Tracy Royce yeah. or go to Dave Ramsey, wherever it is to get that basic foundation. So thank you for sharing that. So we said all of that to get to this, right? So got laid off. You're already dabbling in real estate, got a firm foundation. And then you say, you know what? I want to go bigger and I want to go faster. And you decided to take the jump into multifamily. Tell us about that experience because you don't go from single family to multifamily without having some sort of liquidity in order to buy these assets, right? So how did you, how did you do that? Yeah. So my, my path was a little bit different than some folks in that I was doing Burr strategy, which was working, but then the markets shifted and I couldn't find any more houses where that would work. So I started looking at buying potentially a 10 unit, 15 units, something like that in Atlanta. And we looked at some in Atlanta, we looked at some in Arkansas and we're, we're looking at million, million and a half dollar deals. So mm-hmm. you start looking about the amount that you've got to bring to those type of deals, very different type of right. type of investment. Um, I hadn't been introduced to the syndication model yet, but I started hearing about that. And syndication, essentially, it's just bringing resources together, usually people. Mm-hmm. You might have a capital guy, and then you've got an acquisitions guy, and then you got a property manager, asset management guy. But when I was looking at those assets, I was just planning on doing that all alone. And I got spooked oh. and decided I, I had... Really, I had no business managing these single families, quite frankly, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly, I had no business buying million-dollar assets. And I started to hear more about the syndication model and that you could actually passively invest. So my thought was, I'm going to take some money from an old 401k from when I worked at the previous 10-year job, mm-hmm. and I could place that money as a passive investment in the syndication 
The first one wow. was actually a mobile home park, right? Love okay. it. I later would do multifamily, but I thought that that would give me the way to kind of peek behind the curtains on how the syndication model works to see if it's something I wanted to do in the future, right? Okay. So I placed a couple of those. I started getting distributions and I'm like, man, this is true passive income. Like this is ma the mailbox money I've been hearing right. about forever. Like when I bought turnkey, I thought it was going to be mm -hmm. like this. You just start getting checks. So I kind of went all in on that. And I invested, I think by the time I got laid off, I had been in 12 or 15 deals Okay. and okay. the checks would just show up at the beginning of the month. They'd hit the bank account. It was like a cash register. And I, I had just decided like, I'm going to keep doing this because the general theory is like we can double money every three to five years. Right. So if you get X amount of dollars in there, doubling every three to five and you're getting cash flow, mm -hmm. like I can just bow out in about right. five years or so or get laid off and then change directions <laughs> entirely. But, but that was kind of my, my intro to it. And I, being a sales guy, I'm telling everybody. Right. I, right. Dude, I invest 25 grand. I'm getting hundreds of dollars a month. It's like owning a house, but I don't have to do anything. Right. right. And so they get excited about it. And I start referring them to the people that I'm investing with. And by the time I laid off, I'd probably referred a million bucks to this other operator. Mm. And when I went and talked to my network after getting laid off, he's, he says, why don't you raise capital for me? Right. Or other people, right. like clearly you're a sales guy. You've got a network of high net worth mm -hmm. folks or high income folks, maybe it'll work. So I launched Impact Equity with okay. the goal of providing diversification to the passive investor. And we have multiple operators, multiple markets, multiple asset classes. You can get true diversification investing with Impact Equity. And the first deal was a wild success. So okay. it just grew from there. So, so now, so you're raising money and you're bringing this, the pool of money to a fund that already has a project, right? Yep. So one thing I'm thinking about the person that might be listening where they might want to go and ask someone to borrow money, friend, family, cohort, whatever it is, yep. they may feel like, how do they protect? They don't want to lose that person's money. They want to protect. They think like that person wants to own the house. Like yep. how are, how are the, your clients do they ask you like, well, am I going to own this building? Because they're really not, are they? Or how's that work? So, yeah, it's interesting. So it's technically you're owning a very small piece of that investment as a passive investor. And you mm -hmm. get all of the real estate, all of the tax benefits of being involved in that deal. You get passive losses, you get tax write-offs, all okay. of those things, right? Great. Now, you might only own 0.4% of that 500-unit mm -hmm. apartment complex, yeah. but you're technically an owner of yeah. real estate. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it it's, it's kind of the ideal fit for somebody who is a high income earner that their time is better spent actually doing their job. job right? right. You know, like you guys talk about this too, like you gotta have a way of making money. You gotta mm -hmm. have a way of investing money. Mm -hmm. Right. Like mm -hmm. if you're good at making money, like leverage the experts and let them be the stewards of the dollar, because this is what they do right. 80 hours a week. Right. We all know this is not a 40 hour a week job as mm -hmm. a real estate investor. It's not for me anyways. Right. Certainly not for the operators that I work with. So like find, going back to that initial point, do the due diligence, right? Bet on the jockey and trust that, they, trust but verify mm -hmm. that they're going to be good stewards of your money. So I don't know if I answered the question. I get excited about it because it, it just, it works. <laughs> we'll right? take it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, yeah. No, you did, man. That's yeah. awesome, man. So 
Yeah. So it's so it's similar to what we were talking about, right? The fund to fund model, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yep. So you raise the capital. You're not out looking for the asset or anything like that. You already know that these other operators got the assets. You say, hey, you know what? I raised $1.5 million. We're looking at an asset to deploy this capital into. And then you just set it with That's them. That's it. That's it. Exactly. I, you blew my mind. Like all these years in the business, that's why I, I still learn on every deal and every yeah. investor I meet. I always learn something by mm-hmm. long you're in the game. Cause you're, yeah, yeah, right. Cause that's how I look at it. People are like, hey, Mike, I wanna do a deal with you. But so I'm like, shoot, I gotta go find a project. I gotta run the right. project. I get my team mm-hmm. together and I'm running Azria. So it's always like, a battle right yeah. so i don't want to take anyone's money if i can't put my full attention yep. so but then when you came and filled in for jose at the multifamily subgroup yeah yeah man you're just you're wholesaling money yeah. That's you, it. you know what yeah. i mean you're like you're going out everyone trusts you they're going to lend you the money you take your fund of money and you go to a established a larger fund that yep. you mm-hmm. believe in and has a great track record that's it and everyone wins that's it and yeah you like, don't have to run a you don't have to run the day-to-day operations right. i was like man yeah that's brilliant. well it's 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 my <laughs> sounds kind of weird but my superpower is connecting investors with great opportunities like some people are superpowers at finding great deals like right. I, i'm not good at finding good deals right i mm-hmm. i spent far too many hours in hell over my sales career i don't want to like i don't want to do you don't want to hunt anymore do that, right? right and some people are just really good at managing assets they love fixing yeah. toilets or teaching folks how to fix toilets and all that other stuff. Like I'm a connector. That's what mm-hmm. I've always done. And I, I always tell my people like, figure out what your superpower is and then go deep, right? If whatever it is, go deep on it. Yeah. And you're going to be better off investing in your strengths than you would be trying to, trying to fix your weaknesses. Like right. My weaknesses that I had 30 years ago, they're still my weaknesses. Yeah. No matter mm-hmm. how much I work on them. So. Like our mutual, our mutual friend, uh, Justin, we were talking about like we had lunch. He's, he's underwriter. Right. He, he yeah. pulled out mm-hmm. his spreadsheet on his cell phone. I'm like squ- squinting my eyes. He's like, <laughs> yeah, breaking yeah, yeah. it down, I'll open the, yeah. all these rows and all these Excel oh, yeah. files. I'm just like, that's why you do what you do. <laughs> I don't do that. Exactly. <laughs> You're my underwriter. Yeah. This guy over here loves operations. By all means, man, yeah. do it. Right. So, so how did you go about finding and trusting and verifying those end operators? Yeah. So in, it's it's been an evolution, no doubt. At first, it very much was I started investing. Well, I mentioned earlier, I worked for Fortune 100 or Fortune 200 companies. So I like big organizations. Mm-hmm. I like I like big brands. I like the they have the ability to put resources on, at, like something goes wrong, they can throw resources at it, right. right? So I looked for very large operators that had fully integrated operations, meaning they do their own operations, they do their own property management. And since I focus primarily in the value add space in multifamily, I wanted to see them having control over the construction process. Cause this is basically a big construction right. deal is what it mm-hmm. is. Right. So you've got to, the more they can control of that, the better. Yeah. Right. So I form my due diligence today on first and foremost, what have they done in the past? And is it what they're suggesting they're going to do moving forward? I don't like operators that maybe they've done class B value add and all of a sudden they're going to do class C stabilized mm-hmm. or class a whatever like i i want cookie cutter simple rinse and repeat mm-hmm. over and over gotcha. and over again so looking at what they've done in the past but then like truly looking at their operations and seeing that they've got the resources to do what they say they're going to do if if you're saying that you're going to renovate 200 units over the next two years and you're hiring subcontractors to do it i'm a little concerned yeah. about that right so too many variables I, yep 
I, I've started doing background tracks since I've admitted I'm not an underwriter. I've mm-hmm. hired third-party underwriters to really do the due diligence on those. Um, I talk to people. Generally, I don't invest or partner with folks unless I've been referred to them by people I know, like, and trust. Okay. Um, yeah, kind of the list goes on and on. Gotcha. We've got like a 22-point checklist we go through. Gotcha. Uh, to to vet awesome. those deals now. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, our time is running up, Randy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, lastly, what's next? What are you working on? And how can we get a hold of you? Yeah. So easiest way to get a hold of me is on my website, impactequity.net. We just okay. had a rebrand last week. It's beautiful. Awesome. I'm super excited about that. I do have a podcast called The General Art of Crushing It, cool. where we focus solely on educating and inspiring the new or newer passive investor. Mm-hmm. And what's in the future of Impact Equity? I've got three partners that I work with today, and I have two new partners that I'm going to be onboarding in the near future, we're going to get Thanks into for listening to the Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Del We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org well, and learn more about really our community. For folks that want to have liquidity with their investments and earn better than what they can earn with high yield savings accounts. So somewhere around the 10% range with 30 to 90 day liquidity. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now, but we'll continue to do class B value add. Cause that's, I mean, that's Bread what and got butter. us here. Yeah. And, and that I think is what's going to be the foundation moving forward. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, excellent. You guys know exactly what to do. Reach out to Randy at impactequity.net. Check him out. If you need, you have some money that you want to place, bet Randy, do your due diligence. And maybe it may be some in, Investment opportunities there for you. And he's a local guy. So you can come in, you can meet him at Azria at the monthly meeting. We help out Jose, filled in for Jose for the um, multifamily subgroup. So he's a friend and family of Azria. So come and check him out. So guys, thank you so much for another quality episode of the Azria show. You know what to do. Feel free to go and give us a five-star review. Let us know exactly how we're doing. And if you have any guest recommendations, feel free to let us know also. So thank you so much. And remember, we're empowering investors one property at a time.